Taylor's Intersection was a chance for me to have a medium where people could talk about the intersection of money and meaning. I've been in sales 16 plus years and I know for the most part it's binary. One, zero, one, zero, one, zero. If you bring in enough money, then you're a good person. If you don't, you're not so much of a good person. The sales world is binary and missing something important that goes beyond meeting quotas. This is how to prevent selling your soul and wasting valuable years of life. But sales can be more than just a money grab. It can be meaningful and enjoyable. And those who can better explain this meaning are not your cookie cutter by the sales book vanilla people. They're my guests. And hope you enjoy the first season. More to come in the second and seasons beyond. Um, these are colorful people and they discuss how they derive fulfillment, meaning, enjoyment, and also what they're bringing to the positive evolution of sales. And it continues to be wonderful. Great, fantastic. Well, um, yeah, so welcome to my third episode of Sales Intersection. And uh, I'm not sure if, you, if you're familiar with, with it or why I started it. Um, it's just, it's a medium to really to provide my guests and I, um, where, you know, we're to, to discuss where we derive meaning, fulfillment, and passion for sales. Um, uh, also, you know, what, what, what unique value do we bring to the profession to contribute to it evolving in a, in a positive direction? Uh, obviously this is your, your, you have a strong channel focus. Um, I did, you know, this is a, this is a unique week um, in, in a lot of capacities. And I, and I, I didn't have this question included um, in, in today's podcast. And then I just started thinking about it. I just wanted to get your thoughts as a, I'm a sales guy and we, we have riots going on. We have the coronavirus. It's, it's insane. You know, maybe with just the coronavirus, I would, I would open up a podcast or a meeting with a client with nothing and just go into it. I, now I, 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 at least I'm not trying to start a protest on my meetings or my podcast, but I feel like I at least have to address the craziness and, and, and ask my guests, I mean, you know, before we get into your background and, and the specifics, how you're dealing with a week like this? How do you go about your job? Do you do? You, uh, how do you customize your messaging, or how do you go about being delicate? You know, uh, your messaging or, or your interactions with with clients and, and and everyone. Yeah, sure. So you know, in a time of unrest, in a time of unpredictability, in a time of you know change, uh, the analyst role actually gets more busy because people are looking for broader uh, a sense of themselves. They're looking for, you know, maybe some statistics. They're looking at, you know, what other companies are doing. They're looking at those people in the know to, you know, kind of frame it up in terms of what they should be doing. As salespeople, uh, this is an incredible time. And, you know, Corona coming in from a pandemic uh, into the, the time that we're facing this week, uh, it's further elevated this point of getting hyper-personalized with your client where, you know, we know within Corona, for example, every client is different based on the buyer type you're working with, what line of business they're running, what area in the business they're in, 
what industry or better yet sub-industry that they're in, you know, puts them in a different frame of mind, what geography that they're in. And this isn't country by country, it's town by town, neighborhood by neighborhood type geography. It's sector, segment, and size. You know, a, a small SMB flower shop is gonna be going through a very different scenario than 1-800-Flowers, for example. You've got uh, different levels of the solution. Regardless of your industry, if you're in the tech industry, there's 26 layers of the tech stack. Mm -hmm. And depending on what you're talking about, has a different impact. So if you multiply those five vectors together, there's 35 million conversations you could be having as a salesperson right now. Yeah. This is not the time to send out a mass email. This is not the time to put out a radio ad or do any mass communication. Yeah. You've got to understand, and as salespeople, we're good at listening. We're good at mirroring our customer. And what you need to do at this point is understand the state they're in, the psychological state that they're in. Yeah. And if it's a small business that's facing bankruptcy, it could be a mid-sized business that's actually uh, improved sales and is looking to thrive on the back end of this crisis. It could be you know, anything in between. So you've got to really deal at a hyper-personalized level more than, more than you ever have in your career. Yeah, sure. I, I, I'm a, a senior director at this point, but I always tell you know, entry-level you, you know, tiers or whatever through, through the lineup, you know, there's no more cold calls. There's no reason to have a cold call. There's, a, it's, you, there's every reason in the world to be contextual and relevant. Um, so th thank you for that. So, uh, I mean, I won't go through the list of accolades that you've, <laughs> you've collected over, over the years, top five human beings in the world, top five, you know, whatever. I know the list goes on and on. And, um, and, and you can, you can check out Jay on his, uh, his website or on Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever to get that list. But, um, what, what, which one of those is most special to you, Jay? Um, I, there's a list of like 20 that I, I could say, but what's, what's most special to you that, that really kind of speaks to what you care about? Yeah, I, I mean, awards, when you become more visible in any community, they tend to come. Uh, magazines will put you on lists and, and things like that. And it, it's, it, it's nice recognition. But for me, I moved my career from working at, you know, one of the biggest companies in the world, IBM, with 450,000 colleagues to doing a startup. And uh, right around that time, you know, with almost no employees and not making a paycheck and wondering where, you know, tomorrow's bills are, are going to get paid. Uh, between that time, I got recognized for top 40 under 40. And it was real, for me, a real um, goal in my life to become a CEO by age of 40. And uh, for me, that recognition, less so the recognition, but more so that achieving that goal and, you know, being able to you know, lay on the floor of my uh, small little office that we set up at a startup and, you know, wondering if I made the worst decision ever. You know, those were the times that I look back and are probably the most meaningful. And, and to me, being an analyst now are probably the most relatable to, to the people I talk to. Yeah, that's great. And I've listened to, you know, I, 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 I you know, I've only been really in the channel space for the last maybe five years. And I'm, I'm a fanatic about it. The more I learn, the more I feel like there's an opportunity. As you know, 75% of, of the world's sales or transactions are, are through or are, are indirect. I think it's 62 or 64% B2B uh, software sales. Um, the, 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 your, you know, your infographic and your, your blog post on the space uh, is the second most read Forrester blog in the history of Forrester. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, 
and you just have, I, I, I feel like every podcast I listen to, you have about 73 stats that you, that, that you, you know about. And it kind of reminds me of, um, I'm not sure if you've seen Goodwill Hunting. Um, Goodwill Hunting, where there, there's a scene. Uh, like apples? Yeah, yeah. My, it's not that scene, but yeah. I like these apples. Um, he's actually talking to his girlfriend, played by Minnie Driver, and she's doing her organic chemistry homework. And it's, you know, she's a bit flustered. It, it, it's taken her some time, and obvious, obviously, Will that Dame Matt Dame is bored and, and probably could finish it in his in his sleep. She's in awe of the skill and asks if he has a photographic memory and trying to get to the bottom of it. He says, "Do you play piano?" She's thinking he's joking, but he's not. And she says, I'm trying to, you know, he says, I'm trying to explain it to you. Beethoven, Mozart, the greats could just play. I look at a piano and I see a bunch of keys, three pedals and a box of wood. I can't play the piano. I couldn't hit the ball out of Fenway. But when it came to stuff like organic chemistry, I could just play. It's, it's a fun analogy, but I'm, I'm also serious. Is, is the channel an area where you could just always play? I mean, it, it, it you know, is, is that, what, how would you describe uh, just, just how natural it is for you to be the expert, be, you know. Yeah. Well, the channel is a game of numbers. I mean, there are millions of partners, every company in every industry is coming into tech services. So there's a lot of numbers. And when you look at anything celestial, like stars and moons and comets, and when the stars and moons align and stuff like that, uh, I take a different approach, which is a very quantitative one, a, a numbers-based one. I grew up, my dad was an accountant. You know, by the time I was 11, I was counting every penny I spent and earned and built my own program to do that. And my entire life from, you know, my daily weight chart to every calorie I consume, like my life is actually digital. I, I've got everything, you know, monitored or managed and, and things like that. So when I get into my job and I look at all these moving parts and there are tens of thousands of vendors and distributors and there's these millions of partners and and looking at the customer journey and looking through a salesperson's eyes at all the moving parts. This is, you know, what fascinates me is trying to gather some, you know, organization within the chaos to yeah. get predictable in terms of 73% of the time, this is probably going to happen. So you're sure. okay in terms of leading that. But if you find out it's the other 27%, here's the other avenue to go. Sure, sure. Learning that, you know, every path isn't, um, you know, paved. But, you know, in terms of being a futurist, you can layer on top of the past and understand trends and movements and shapes that are taking place. And those kind of guide you, at least into the near-term future. You know, the next 18 months is pretty much, you know, from a high confidence level, you know, predictable. So by adding in all these statistics and all these trends and you know talking to thousands of people per year that are experts as well and formulating all that into uh, something that is uh, you know easy to to read and, and to understand and, and to execute to action is is where I think my knack in life came from got it got it yeah and, and speaking of that uh, one of your top 10 trends for 2020. Um, well, you, you've spoken a lot about the trifurcated channel, right? Um, yeah. Influencers um, and uh, uh, in, uh, reten uh, a transactional channel, an uh, influencer channel, and a, and a retention channel. Um, and as a, as a salesperson um, that, that came into channel sales, what I found interesting was, um, was the, 
at first the opportunity I felt there was, it, you know, when, when I, I, I was in, I guess if, as it relates to how you defined um, the, the channel industry uh, categorizing it in four buckets, I think, or six buckets, maybe it was. Yeah. Um, I, I was, you know, one of, at, at a company, a startup that was um, trying to revolutionize the way that um, you, uh, you gamified um, the, the industry or, you know, new age incentives really to in, in improve engagement, right? Um, engagement usually is like 10% or 20% with their PRM and the same thing with CMS. Uh, you got, you got guys that why, why should I engage with the, 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 you know, the, 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 the PRM or CMS. And, and if, if they are um, interacting, they're probably using messaging about the product that's, that's outdated. Right. Um, so, but I also found that people, you know, people in the channel were like, look, it's been this way for, for a long time. Like, why am I going to believe you that your product's going to going to change everything, right? Um, anyway, so I'm I'm thinking about the the I'm going to just talk about um, a, a little bit of this, or dissected a little bit, but the influencer you talked about how it's probably not smart to have Kim Kardashian, um, you know, uh, paying paying her half a half of a billion dollars to to articulate your your software company's value prop in the right way. But you talk about how it, it might be um, picking the right person. For, in the right medium, right, the right person, and let's say it's a podcast, to to validate uh, your product or your or your company, right? Um, and and I, I was thinking about that, and I had a couple of questions. One, how I think it, then if that is the case, then it's going to be really important um, about it's going to be really important to choose the right medium. Is, is, should it be a podcast or it should be this, you know, a webinar or whatnot? And the right person. Do you think that it's going to be something that's subjective, or is, is that going to be? Is there going to be a process for that, or do you think there's going to be, you know, a sub industry that's that's going to make that uh, standardized? Yeah. So I, I think that there's not one particular of anything that works. If you're a consumer company and you hire Kim Kardashian for a million dollars, you know, to go on Instagram, you know, that's fine. You want to attribute the revenue there. Hopefully, you know, it works out for you. Uh, in the B2B world, as salespeople know, it, there's a lot of moving parts. And when I look at, um, you know, to get any, into any new market, and I get this asked this question probably a dozen times a day, uh, I look at it very specifically and I take a very community approach. So inside of every one of those 35 million conversations that I went through at the beginning, there are communities wrapped around them. Every single buyer and every single partner inside those communities, what they read, where they go, and who they follow becomes critical. So if you start, want to start influencing a new set of customers in a particular area, it could be a geography, it could be an industry, it could be you know, a certain type of buyer, it doesn't matter. You've got to look at what their influence journey looks like. So if you look at their customer journey, 81% of them will start with a Google search. The first two or three pages of Google results are the content that's most applicable to that problem. So the people that authored that content, and it could be white papers, eBooks, magazine articles, could be podcasts. I mean, there's 30 different things it could be. It could be a social media conversation. So the people that are behind those are really interesting to me, especially for that buyer. Yeah. But I go a step further, and if I look at that buyer and say, you know, for all the magazines in the world, for all the different emails, the 300 emails we all get every day, and if you could kind of take me through all the 
the layers of influence and actually tell me which ones you open, which podcasts you listen to all the way through, which shows you're going to get on an airplane when COVID is over and go to Vegas to see, what board or what association are you going to join, what peer group. So if you start asking questions in that way, it clears off the 300 emails and gets you to the five they actually open. Sure. And so when you start getting that specific, like for the channel, for example, there's 54 magazines that they read globally. There's 64 podcasts that they listen to every day. There is 150 trade shows, again, once COVID is over, that they get on a plane and go to. There is 24 associations that they're a part of. There is peer groups and thought leaders. There's 99 LinkedIn groups. There's 25 Facebook groups. So it's a big, big, big map. And I put it all on one piece of paper with all the logos. But the fact of the matter is, if I roll it downwards, and if I go inside each of those logos and figure out who's the most influential, who's on the front cover of the magazine, who's on the board of the association, who's doing the keynote at that event, who's hosting the podcast, if I start answering those questions and assigning scores, and I did this work, and there's 5,000 people that influence the channel, the technology channel, for example, but I scored them. And if you score highly and you're across all these different communities, yeah. guess what? you start to roll to the top of the list. And when I sorted 5,000 people that I followed and I credited them for all the work they do to influence, I came out with the top 100 in order. These are super connectors. These are the people that are in the know for that very particular type of buyer. So if I'm a salesperson trying to sell to that buyer, I should ask myself the question. I should go do this work because it's just all digital and it's not that painful. I mean, you can get a $10 an hour intern to do it or you know, get your uh, teenage daughter or son to do it if, if you're of that age and have them surf the web and get you this information. But ask yourself three questions. Does that super connector who's influencing my buyer know who I am? Can they pull me out of a police lineup? Can they, number two, tell about my differentiation? What's different about me versus my competitors? Why would they interject me into the conversation in front of that buyer? And number three, most importantly, would they endorse me unprovoked? So if they're on stage, on their podcast, or even in a hotel lobby bar, when we can leave our houses again, would they say my name linked to, and even introduce me into a conversation where I wouldn't be before? Super connectors have thousands of followers, not just on social, but just in general. They have a platform. These are, they're not, they're the Kim Kardashians of a particular industry. Mark Benioff, I bet Mark Benioff is on that top, top 10, huh? Who's it? Mark Benioff. Uh, he is, but only in a certain area. Okay. So if I'm a CIO, sorry, if I'm a CIO of a major company, you know, Mark Benioff's in my influence chain. If I'm in a small and medium company putting in Salesforce teams or groups for 10 bucks a person, I have no idea not who Mark really. Benioff is. Yeah. I know who my local guy is at the Chamber of Commerce. I know who my accountant is who, you know, makes recommendations. I know who my, um, you know, my tax and accounting and audit firm is that, you know, has for years given me advice on what I should do. So I know my local network. I'm not following mm -hmm. the news and, fo you know, following Mark Benioff or sure. Jeff Bezos or Tim Cook or, I mean, these are celebrities. That's a great point. But, but they're I'm not here. super connectors for a mid-sized client, you know, who runs a mid-sized 50 doctor clinic in upstate New York. That's, that's a great point because I'm here in Silicon Valley and, and, and oftentimes we assume 
this you know everyone <laughs> everyone's thinking the same way we do here i'm i'm interested uh when was the last time you you opened a, a you know a prospecting cold email or, or returned a cold phone call and and had a meeting and what you know what what jumps out at you what why would you you know yeah so i'm a little bit different uh, i respond to every linkedin message i respond to you know almost every email unless it's literally you know somebody who's a, a prince in Nigeria who's got you know ten billion dollars for me but uh, if, if it's a well-meaning salesperson uh, obviously sending through a Marketo or Eloqua or HubSpot you know a, a chain email a lot of times I'll, I'll just say hey you know thanks I'm an analyst uh, you can remove me as a sales prospect and a lot of times I'll get a response you know hey thanks a lot you know thinning the herd especially when you buy a list or you're scrubbing lists or you're yeah. taking them from other places. I mean, it's nice sometimes to have, uh, you know, you have so many false positives and false negatives and stuff. It's nice when somebody actually, you know, takes you off their list as, as a prospect. Sure. And on the flip side, I'll actually put you on my list. If you know, I am, you know, interested in yeah. my previous role when I was buying SaaS technology and other you know things to run my business, you know, I'll actually, disclose that hey yeah i am in the market and and, and things like that so I, I do tend to open them most people tend to ignore cold the things that work are obviously personalization hey jay i listened to your great podcast yesterday with eric jones it was fantastic love the part where you talked about the 35 million conversations love to have one of those conversations with you i will respond a hundred percent of the time to somebody that spent five seconds of yeah. personalization that's great. Yeah. And I want to get into that a little bit. You talk, you're also talking, you talk about um, the transition to marketplaces and you were somewhat alluding to uh, the, the dark, the, the, the dark uh, buyer journey, the dark funnel, I think it is um, where I think at this point it's 64, 68% of the, of the evaluation uh, journey is, is, is dark before they reach out to the actual, the actual company and engage a salesperson. Do you, do you, I mean, uh, and, and that's why, you know, industries like the ABM space, if, if you know, uh, been blowing up and, and, um, and, and a lot of industries, that I won't get into. Do you think there's a component of that um, that's associated with the lackluster job of, of sales leaders um, that have that haven't evolved and adapted with the times to make the the the, the buying process more you know more interactive with the salesperson and less you know less painful, more enjoyable, more natural maybe. Yeah, I, I think I actually don't say it's a failing of the sales team or the salesperson or sales management. It's a new buyer. And we're very clear that almost every industry is facing new types of buyers. And there's a number of things. You know, one is that traditionally in sales, the salesperson owned the information. So for a customer to make a decision, the salesperson had the product information, feature function, the fit, the configuration, the price, all those things which a customer needed to progress in their, in their, um, in their journey. Well, the internet obviously exploded that and where the information is actually elsewhere. And when I talk about that, you know, those first few pages of Google after that initial search, you know, your ability, and it's like buying a car, your ability to go look at the 365 brands of cars, which is actually a true number, is one for every day of the year. And then to narrow it down to what you're kind of looking at, then go to those three shortlisted, configure them online, price them, color them, 
And so by the time you ever reach the dealership, you are an expert. You will know more about that car than the salesperson ever will because the information was democratized. Sure. You've got it in your hands. You've been through all the videos. You've gone through all the magazines and the head-to-head -head tests. and You know everything. And so the salesperson will never be as smart as you. But they, then they sit you down for eight hours and put you through that you know, deal from the manager. And it's just this old school, 20-year-old selling into a new buyer. And there's a lot of friction there, which you know, companies like Tesla are blowing up right now, even questioning why we need dealers. Yeah. And in many cases, they're legislated because they have good lobby arms for yeah. 100 years. But that's broken up in the next generation of new buyer. But every model now, if you're buying software, the same thing. You've been through all of these different things, educating yourself. 68% of buyers go through a full digital journey. And the majority of them now actually get to vendor selection before ever talking to a salesperson. So a salesperson's role now has become very digital and not only engaging socially as well as with content and without, with other things early in that journey, you've also got to build relationships in the five people on average is a real number that influence that buyer to the point of vendor selection. Mm -hmm. If three or four people in the room, virtual room with that buyer are mentioning your name, mentioning your company's name early in the journey, you will earn vendor selection, you know, 99 times out of hundred. It's just mm -hmm. one of these things. You mentioned Mark Benioff. He's made the decision to recruit 250,000 new partners in the next four years to double their revenue. He understands that early in a customer's problem, whether you're a marketing buyer, sales buyer, customer success buyer, doesn't matter what kind of buyer. If somebody is talking to you early and often with Salesforce is almost a, um, a foregone conclusion in that conversation, and they start talking about the stack above it and how you're gonna to put together this tech stack, you're gonna go into vendor selection and already been decided on Salesforce. That poor salesperson that works at Microsoft who's trying to sell Dynamics is dead because the three or four people early in that journey had already you know, sure. made the decision that that customer's going with Salesforce. So that's the battle early. So as a salesperson, you not only have to get in front of the buyer, but if you can't get in front of the buyer, you have to get in front of the majority of those people, the influencers surrounding the buyer. So this is influencing the influencer. This new buyer, you know, the majority of their time not going to sales is, uh, is a big issue because you may be losing deals now that you didn't even know there was a deal. It's not even hitting your funnel. You don't even get a crack at it from the plate. You don't even get a swing. So in this model, you have to understand influence much more than you ever have in the past. You have to understand that the majority of buyers across industry will be millennials in three years. And there's a different demographic. There's a different behavior. There's a different psychology. And it's created a different buying journey. There's a high likelihood as a salesperson that your company's gone all to subscription or moving to subscription, which means getting the initial sale is only one part of the issue now. Now you've earned the customer for 30 days. Now, retention, renewal how you get adoption of your product, how you get um, integration of your product to make it more sticky, how you earn those renewals and have that customer for life, who's out there doing the upselling and cross-selling is another trifurcated part of the channel, this influence over to retention. So companies are placing less emphasis now on the actual transaction itself. And to your question about marketplaces, 73% of these new buyers 
think it's very convenient to buy on the web, e-commerce, or web direct, uh, or a marketplace. So this is the Amazon Alibaba effect of the new buyer who looks more like a consumer than ever. So whether they buy through you as a salesperson, they buy on your marketplace, they buy through somebody else's marketplace, the actual transaction now is less important than that entire buying journey mm -hmm. and getting them as a repeat, renewing, retaining customer forever. Got it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, as a newcomer here to the podcast space, I, uh, I'm, I'm, we're in the concluding stages here. Just a couple more questions because I want to keep my podcast short so people, people, you know, give me a chance uh, as, as I as I evolve. Um, what you know, uh, you know, what content? I'm sure I'm sure you get a lot of requests to be on podcasts or webinars or what have you. But you know, um, any kind of rapport or relationship or any of that aside, just just focus on content. What content is most exciting for you to 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 discuss right now. I, you know, I have in your, uh, on the podcast and we're talking about things that you talked about, about you know, six months ago, a year ago, but what is, what is top of mind? What do you wish you, people would ask to talk about more? Yeah, the number one uh, topic right now, obviously is COVID. Uh, so I do a quantified view of the channel impact and I might be the only person in the world that's putting up numbers specifically for this industry, as opposed to, you know, there's a lot of people predicting you know, how sales are going to go up or down per category. I'm trying to look at the actual providers. And, you know, that makes me different and differentiated. And most of the requests are, hey, what's the impact on COVID for managed service providers? What's the COVID impact for system integrators? What, you know, this U-shaped recovery in 2021, how's, how many of them are going to go bankrupt? You know, in that world is, is where we are now. I'll say second most uh, is probably around the future. You know, we all know we're in the middle of COVID and this week we're in, you know, in the middle of riots and pandemonium. Uh, the fact of the matter is there will be a return to somewhat normal. It won't be exactly where we were, but what's it going to look like? What are the opportunities? Where, if I place my, you know, kind of sights there at the horizon, should I be doing today to come out of this stronger and perhaps, you know, thrive against my competition? by making very specific investments in people, technology, skills, other things that I can actually get stronger through these very, very tough times. Sure, that's, that's, that's a fantastic answer um, and, and great for me to think about. Um, and finally, to conclude, you know, the, uh, just on a kind of a fun note, I did check out your website and I think you have some, uh, some areas of the website that, are, that, that speak to your hobbies. Uh, boats, I think, is, is an area of travel. You're, have you got to 100 countries yet? Just nearing there. Uh, we're going to go to Antarctica uh, in <laughs> January. So that's the seventh continent. Okay. And I think we're just a handful of, like half a dozen countries away now from 100. But now you hit 100, now you want to hit 200. Uh, yeah. So I was going to say, if you weren't an analyst today at, at Forrester, really in this space at all, what, you know, something that's more hobby related, what, what, do you, what would you see yourself doing? Or what do you see yourself doing uh, well, where whatever i'd be doing i'd probably be counting uh, i do want to sail uh, i put thousands of miles on cruising uh, on a boat i do want to sail across the ocean um that'll give you 20 do 22 days to think about uh, other things as uh, as you're going across um you know travel you know pretty heavily look at other cultures and i think if more people did that we wouldn't maybe be in the position we are today yeah. understanding that we're on this little speck you know, floating around in a very, very big universe. 
Um, and you know, the differences melt away when you get inside other cultures. Um, so that's a, you know, big hobby of mine. I do want to get back on the ice. I am a Canadian, so I like to hit people and take out my emotions, uh, on the ice. So, uh, definitely want to get lace them up again as soon as I can. So yeah, lots to look forward to. Looks like you have good teeth though. So I, you haven't been in too many fights. <laughs> Half of them are fake. <laughs> okay. Well, Hey Jay, I, uh, I do want to, I, you know, tremendous, uh, heavy thank you, um, for being on the, on the show. And I think, I think, uh, my viewers are going to love the answers that you gave it. Um, really insightful. Um, I'll, I'll be sure to send you my, I have a spreadsheet of, that I keep track of my steps every day, like, you know, push-ups, glasses of water, uh, pages I've read, all that. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll share that with you, but thanks again, Jay, for spending some time with me today. And I'll let you know when, when this is edited and posted. Um, and Hey, stay safe out there. And you I'll, too. Thanks a lot. Okay. Bye Jay.